God. Praise God. It's always a wonderful privilege to be able to share with us the word of God. And um, I was telling them this morning, more than ever before, I'm trusting God. I don't like to say me as far outside of God, but I'm trusting the God in me to make a stand to continue to preach this gospel. And I said that because of what we are seeing. And I will get into that later. But this morning, I want to do a house cleaning. I want to do a house cleaning. So more or less, I'm not teaching today. I just want to give you some things that must always be at the back of your mind. As you come here, as you think about the church, so that you know what to expect. Because one challenge is that when people hear church, they think that church is just church. How many of you know that? They just assume, our ah, church, now we know what they do in church. <laughs> no, we must have to be clear so that all of us understand. We know today, if there's nothing else, we know today that church is not church in this country. Is that true? Yeah. And so it's, it's important that we are very clear. And you who is a member here, a stakeholder, whichever language you may want me to use, these are the things that must be. So when you think about church, our message, the way we do things, then there's no confusion. So I'm, I'm more or less doing a house cleaning. Now, and this house cleaning is important because it will also show you how to benefit from this place. How many of you want to hear that? Now, I know some of you are reaping benefits already. If, if you are not, um, it's going to be your experience. Somebody say amen. Because nobody's left behind. We are not in that business of a God that blesses your neighbor and tells your neighbor to come back tomorrow. We are not in that business. Um, so, that's what I want to share with you today. How you are going to benefit from this ministry. So, this is not general Bible teaching. This is a house cleaning just to make sure that everybody is on the same page very important and i'll tell you why i said to you this morning that i have made an extra commitment to continue to preach this gospel whether in this place or in this format or any other format and the truth and that is so because i've realized that for reasons that are obvious many people will not preach this gospel i will not lie to you Many people will not preach this gospel. Now, those who will attempt will try to modify it in a way. And let me tell you the truth, just up front. For example, if you are looking to start a ministry to use to raise money, quick, quick, quick. How many of you know that my message will not work for you? Hmm? You are just trying to start church so that you can get money. Huh? <laughs> no, you can't preach what I preach. If your goal in ministry is to come in and quickly gather a large crowd, you cannot preach what I preach. You cannot. So that's why I'm telling you that. And for many ministry, for many, that's what ministry is. So it's not going to work. Those who will attempt will try to modify it a little bit. For example, how many of you know that 
if we start to reduce, if we start to remove some of your freedom, hmm, to start to introduce some uncertainty, tell you that you are blessed, but you know, <laughs> but something is remaining. You are saved, uh, you know, but so gradually we start to retain an element of fear. Did you know that many more people will come to church on Sundays? You know that, right? Yes. Because when you wake up in the morning, you think, maybe that but will be today. <laughs> and this is what has happened. I remember uh, a pastor in the U.S., you know, got this revelation, came and was just preaching grace, 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 all over. We are saved by grace. Righteousness is by faith. And everybody was jumping. And as he's preaching, he's looking. Attendance is dropping. He, <laughs> he continues to preach, preach. Use his eye. Offering is dropping. The man wanted to make a U-turn. And now we started with, there is grace, but... Hmm? Listen to me carefully. We will follow this message no matter where it goes. We must, no matter where it goes. Rather than bend it, we change the format. But we must follow this truth. Because God brought us out here for that purpose. How many of you know that? That's why we are here. That men may understand the reality. So when you remove money, remove the other things, so what do you come to do for ministry now? In fact, that will remove a lot of ministries. Because that is the core. So, I'm doing a house cleaning this morning to balance your heart and your mind so you understand why I say some certain things some ways and why we don't do some certain things. So that if you are here, you will understand what we're saying. So the first thing, and also this will help you get maximum benefit for being here. One, the first thing that you need to understand, as your pastor, you must understand what my ministry is. You must understand. Please note these things I'm saying carefully. Because I don't preach like this every day. You must understand what my ministry is. What I'm called to do. And why I do things the way I do it. Give me Luke chapter 4 verse number 18. Luke chapter 4 verse number 18. I said the first thing for you to be benefit and enjoy the glories. The grace in this place. Is that first of all you must understand what I am the pastor here. So it's important you understand what my ministry is. And mine is not different from the ministry of Jesus. How many of you know that already? Praise God. My ministry is not different from Jesus. And so let's read this here. Can you see it? Everybody can see it, right? So let's read with a loud voice. One, two, go. The Spirit of the Lord. Stop. Loud voice. One, two, go. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he has anointed me to be hope for what? The poor. Somebody say hope for the poor. The other translation we say, for he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. To preach the good news to the poor. The poor here does not necessarily mean physical poverty. It means a man who has come to the end of himself. That's why the Bible says, blessed are they who are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. God. What it means is that blessed are you. In fact, the um, message translation says you are blessed when you come to the end of yourself. 
For the less of you is the more of God. That's what it says. If you have listened to everything I have preached, and I do it every day, you will notice that what we are trying to do is not to make slaves, but to give hope to the poor. When a man, and it will make sense because the people who make the most connection with my ministry are those who have come to the end. They don't work out, work out, they don't tire. These God things have don't tire them. <laughs> or they knew something wasn't right all, all along. And so you see that, notice that this giving of hope to the poor is by preaching the good news to them. Because the hope is contained where? In the good news. That's why the old translation says, says to preach the gospel, to preach the good news to the poor. This poor here again does not mean material poverty. You can be wealthy and be spiritually poor. Is that true? And you can also be physically poor and be spiritually poor. Is that true? And our was passed. <laughs> poverty length to length. No, no, no. Uh -uh. We don't agree with that one. Somebody say amen. Just follow me carefully. And so, when I, and listen to me, the messages I preach are not gotten by chance. They are not gotten by book of sermons. Or they are not gotten by, um, um, you know, there are softwares that can help you generate sermon. I hope you know that. There are online places where you can go and prepare someone. There are people in Upwork looking for who to write someone for them. Right? Now, that's okay. That's okay. If you have followed my teaching for a long time, you will notice that it is like God taking us from hand from one place to another. Is that true? Just carefully. And that's why Sammy says, say you take me in the path of righteousness. And I explained that to you what that means. The path of righteousness is the path that the shepherd creates around the mountain for the sheep. So that instead of the sheep climbing, climbing up vertically, they will follow that path around the mountain. And as they go around, around, they are moving around, around, but as they are moving, they are climbing up. They are climbing up. So if your heart follows the message, Right, as we circle daily by day, day by day, without struggling, like I said to you, without fighting, like I said to you, you are already climbing up because God is taking you by eh, the hand. And suddenly, like it has happened to many, you look down, you see that you have gone far up. And so that's what I do to preach the good news to the poor. The man who fights the good news is the man who has not identified the poverty in his spirit. He thinks he can please God by his works. That's why when you say to him, righteousness is by faith. The man says, eh, no, he starts to argue. I was telling them in the discipleship class this morning, they argue because it doesn't, you know the gospel we preach doesn't make natural sense. I hope you know that. Yes. So to preach the good news to the poor, anointed to bring hope the gospel I preach brings hope. Is that true in this house? It gives you the hope of God. Restores the hope for your future. There's no certainty in what I preach. There's no uncertainty, I mean, in what I preach. Everything we present to you is certainty. No, 
maybe, maybe. Paul says, the Christ that we preach to you is not maybe yes or no. He said everything we preach is yes and yes. Because all the promises of God in Christ has been fulfilled with yes and uh, amen. That's what he says. And so if you listen without me laying my hand to pray for hope for, to come for you, if you give your heart to the hospital, hope will be restored to you. And that's why I say to people, I don't demand faith. The gospel I preach will impart faith into your heart. 21 fundamentals of faith. No. That's for the flesh man. The man who was in the spirit doesn't need his test. Now, again, look at the second line. It says what? That, that means to proclaim freedom to the broken hearted. <laughs> Hallelujah. To preach freedom. Every day I sit here, I pray in my house, I minister to you, I send out messages to help you deal, reconcile with the issues in your heart. Is that true? Is that true? To tell you that what a man is, is in his heart. Most of the things you are struggling with now are broken heartedness that you have dealt, that has encountered you. It has modified you. It has hardened you. It has bent you out of shape. The gospel restores, heals every broken heart. That's what it's supposed to do. That's what the gospel is supposed to do. And that's what my gospel is designed to do. To heal your broken heart. Not to tell you that you are good or bad. But to tell you that there is life in you. Somebody say it loud. Amen. That if you follow this life of God. You will live above the knowledge of good and evil. Now. And this is what it's supposed to be. Freedom for the broken hearted. Why is that important in this place? And don't forget Jesus reading this. This was prophesied by Isaiah about five, six hundred years before Jesus came. That this is what the Messiah would do. If I am like him, called by him, should I be doing something that is different from him? Five, six hundred years, Isaiah said. In fact, if you read this account very well, Jesus came to the synagogue, stood to read the scriptures. And then they handed the scroll to him. He opened it and bam, it fell in this place. And he began to read. <laughs> Freedom. Somebody say freedom. Come on, let me hear you say freedom. freedom. Let me hear you say, I am, free. I am free. You know why? If you don't, listen to me very carefully. There's no other gymnastic we need to do to set men free except to deal with their brokenheartedness. And then when hope comes, peace comes, love comes, joy comes, every brokenheartedness, the thing that makes you fear, the thing that terrifies you, the thing that haunts you, now you are free. The anger, the bitterness, the things holding in your heart, you are let loose from them without even knowing when it happened because you are going around the path of righteousness. Suddenly, you realize that that anger we won't kill you before don't leave you. <laughs> because deliverance has taken place. Don't forget in the new dispensation, deliverance is preached. How many of you agree with that? It's preached. Deliverance is preached. And so freedom, deliverance from the broken heart. Watch this. And the new eyes for the blind. Somebody say new eyes for the blind. New, remember, the other translation says to open blind eyes. That's what the other translation says. To open blind eyes. And those who read the Bible literally taught that what this means is just 
praying for blind people for them to see. How many of you know that? I used to believe that. In fact, everything Jesus did, like praying for the blind, for their eye to open, is to demonstrate what he came to do. The work he came to do is to open blind eyes. It doesn't mean people who are blind. There are people with koro koro eyes open who are blind. Is that true? Why are they talk people now? We. Is that true? There are many areas of my life or your life where we used to be absolutely blind that you see now. Does that make sense? So, when he says to open the blind eyes, I think I told you this before. There are those, those days I was, I just wanted to do miracles. Because I just said I'm in a ministry day. As I was going around this Abuja praying for people. And one evening, I came out in Wuse 2 here. I saw a blind man, so I called the man. The man who the English self. So, as I wanted to talk to him, I noticed that the man is not hearing English. So, there was a vendor standing by the side. I called the vendor to come to interpret to him. He's Muslim. So, I told the man to tell him that I want to pray for him. Is that okay? They, they spoke. <laughs> he interpreted and he interpreted back to me. I asked him whether it is okay. Let's just listen to this story very carefully. And so, I said, okay. I laid my hand on him and started to pray. I've told this story before. If you're paying attention, you know I've told this story before. I put my hand on him and started to pray. As I began to pray, I heard his call started to rattle. So, in my mind, I said, this miracle has happened. So, I, I left my hand. I asked him, do you see? Say, I'm not seeing. <laughs> and the man said, to the guy. Tell him to give me money to eat. <laughs> I said, is that what you want? He said, yes. I said, ask him again. He said, tell him to give. I just need money to eat. I said, okay. No problem. I removed 1,000. I gave to him. Now listen to this. The vendor who was watching said to me, Pastor, please pray for me. I want to receive Christ. Which one in your eyes as flesh man is a greater miracle? The blind man to open his eyes or somebody to receive Christ? Huh? Which one would draw more crowd? Because we are flesh men. Say, Pastor, I remember I wasn't preaching for him more. He just saw that and he said to me, Pastor, please pray for me. And I prayed for him. And then I gave the other guy 1,000. He moved and left. But in that place, the blind saw. How many of you know that? Praise God. I'm going to be making some statements today so that you remember I'm telling you that I'm trying to do a house cleaning so that you know what my ministry is and what ought to be your own part to play. What ought to be your own part to play? The blind scene. The world is the way it is because the world is in darkness. Leaders of countries are in darkness. They can't see. They can't see the need of man. Everywhere around is dark. We, have no, we know how to travel faster and move faster. But darkness still reigns in the world. Because when the Bible talks about the blind, it's not talking about physical blindness. It's that the heart of men are blind. They don't know who they are. Right? 
they don't know really know who God is and it's like moping in the dark and so the gospel that Jesus preached which the apostle Paul preached which is the same gospel that I preached is designed to make the blind see somebody say a very loud amen. amen did you notice all of this are preach 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 did you notice that now look at the next one it says and to preach to prisoners what do we say to prisoners you are set free <laughs> you are set free I love to do this when we look at a man who religion has put in bondage and we say to that man you are set uh, free and you know we are not joking you know it's true that's what we do every word that comes forth from my mouth is designed to set free everybody whether it is life that has put you in bondage whether it is religion that has put you in bondage whether it is your own life experience that has put you in bondage my gospel is designed to set free somebody say loud amen now those who have been following me for a long time you know that what i'm saying is true you know that very well when you listen to what i'm saying to you what it does is to tell you that you are set free you are no longer a sinner you are the righteousness of god in christ jesus that sets the sinner free religion says well you are saved now but tomorrow you are not sure that you are saved so it depends on you know your mood or when you do good or when you do bad so god can save you now or save you 12 o'clock tomorrow afternoon and then receive you again is never freedom and so i come in the authority of the spirit of god i say to you even though you are physically still struggling but you are the righteousness of god in christ jesus and dare that man to believe that truth and then suddenly transformation starts to occur from within that's my gospel it says men free i told you this morning which is true if i try to reintroduce some bot into what i've been preaching but but people will give more money how many of you know that a little bit of but you know god has blessed you you know i know god has blessed you but you know there are some levels that you need to challenge god with seed and i'll say no it's not like i want to collect money it's not, i'm just trying to tell you you know <laughs> there's a level that you know if you don't challenge him in that level you know you know you know you know blood but 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 some of you will give more money and if you if you are waiting for me to do that keep your money don't give i will never say that i'm telling you now because i know god said to abraham he said through you the nations of the earth will be blessed meaning the coming of jesus is the blessing to all humanity everyone is already blessed now whether you experience it or not is what we keep explaining so that you walk in the consciousness of your blessedness that's what we do explain to you are blessed there's nothing like uh, you need to do like this uh, so if god gives you christ and you're not blessed what blessing can be now but you see at the beginning this kind of talk is not economically viable i hope you know that mm. no, no 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 it's good to listen before i came into the ministry i went to one of my senior pastors i said sir please please i want to understand something i said if we need money for something is it a bad thing to go to the church and say to them brothers and sisters please we need three thousand dollars to be able to do x z and let who has to give 
let them give. Why must we come to preach a whole sermon about giving and then try to entice them to give? Meanwhile, the reason we are doing that is because we needed money. When I asked like that, they said, you know, CJ, it's not ministry. You know, this ministry, ministry. I said, so what is ministry? That we cannot, I pastor people, if I want to raise money, hmm? some of you here that come here, listen, there's somebody I will bring here, you give money, I hope you know that. Eh? You haven't seen those guys before? You will, you will give money. In fact, some of you will go home and borrow and come back on Monday. <laughs> one chance pastors they used to come home they used to come they would tell you pastor say don't worry now he said 60 40 you don't know oh you don't know they will tell you 60 40 i came from a background of church i know i will not stand here to lie for you they will call you and tell you 60 40 that means just give me the service at the end of the service, we split. You take 60, I take 40. Literally. That is why when they come, they will tell you, God said you should bring the money within 24 hours. Because they are leaving tomorrow. God said, who, who will bring it? Who, who, who will bring it now? And God said, you must redeem it. Which God is that? Sir, I know where I'm, when I say something, I know where I'm coming from. I have been in this church journey for 19 years before I started. There's nothing I didn't see. And notice, they are the ones to raise more money. Because people will give. There's a bros that is selling key that he got from God. Have you seen the key? Oh, you haven't seen it? 100k. Direct key. You use that and unlock your destiny. <laughs> and I was telling somebody, I said, these guys understand the darkness of people's heart. Hmm? To tell a man that the way to succeed is to allow God to clean your heart. Don't hate. Don't carry anger and frustration. No. Some people want to succeed with frustration in their mind. Let me show them that I can make it. So why will you listen to me when you can go and buy key? Buy key. Key of David. David, dead and gone, buried, the Bible says. We are alive in Christ. I wanted to buy a key of David. But you see, don't forget. I don't like to call people here, but we can talk about it. Don't forget, the guy flies private jet. I hope you know that. Yeah. That's why I tell, say to you, friends, listen to me carefully. You've got to understand what we're doing here. I said, why can't we tell the church that we need money? Are they not our brothers and sisters? Appeal to them that we need to buy this thing, we need money. No, we'll do a special program and then we start preaching about how to challenge God with offering. And then when we finish, we'll now say, God said that, you know, seven people here to give 7,000. All because we need to do something. Now, the worst part of what I'm telling you is that these things has brought all kinds of charlatans inside the church. All kinds of charlatans. People who are worse than native doctors. Worse than native doctors. Maybe sometimes you come around and I'll tell you something so that you see what I'm talking about. Worse. There are people who are 
they are one million times. If what they do, native doctors won't even do. <laughs> you have no idea. Because what they trade in, you know what they trade in? They steal people's freedom. They put you back in prison. The prison of sin. They put you back in where God has delivered you from. Ancestral causes, they put you back there. Because for you to give something, they have to put you back into those places that you can give. And look up here. Here is what confirms the gospel that I preach. That God is not interested in killing anybody. If God kills like that, eh, there will be mass burial every Sunday. I hope you know that. Every day, using his name to manipulate people. To do evil in the name of God. And yet, God has not sent thunder to strike them. No, it's a proof that our gospel is true, friends. God is not in the treasure of killing any man. He would have killed them. Roast them. As they are doing that, thunder comes from fear all of <laughs> Immediately, roast them, <laughs> roast them up. No, God is merciful. He's not interested in killing no man. He would have killed those people. My, when, you, when you hear some people's mouth say God said, eh, even you say you won't shoot themselves. And yet God hasn't killed them. Then it is you that is interested in roasting. Because you didn't give him 10% of your income. <laughs> We know they follow that kind of God. Somebody say amen. Alright, so my walk, as you hear me, you hear freedom. You are free from sin. You are free from every curse. You are free from death. You have been raised to life. You are free from demonic powers. The Bible says that he has delivered us from the kingdom of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of the son that he loves. You have freedom. You are not afraid to live your life. You are not afraid by any means. If you are still fearing, open your heart to receive the gospel. Somebody say amen. amen. He said, look at this. I love this. I have come to share the message of jubilee. You know what jubilee means? You know what jubilee means? You know why they use the word jubilee? Every 70 year, God gave them a law to tell you that this is God don't plan on sins. God gave them a law to the Jews. Every seventh year, they celebrated a jubilee. On that seventh year, you are supposed to set free everybody who owes you. Every slave set free. Every debt cancelled. That's what they did. That means people received mercy they didn't qualify for. That's what he told them. Every seventh year, do a year of jubilee where every slave is set free. Every debt cancelled. If I did that time, I could have borrowed money by the sixth year. <laughs> Knowing that the seventh year, Jubilee! <laughs> first of January, I will be the first one dancing Jubilee. <laughs> uh -uh. Prophet, I will not do Jubilee this year. <laughs> but that's what God told them. And so to the Jew, when they hear Jubilee, they know it's forgiveness, mercy that you didn't desire. That's what it means. There are the other transgressions that tells you is the time of God's grace. That's my message. It's the time of God's grace. It's not that you qualify. It's not that you did right. It's not that you did wrong. No. It's the day of God's jubilee. When sins are forgiven. When the sinner is made righteous. 
by the grace of God. Don't forget, this is God's jubilee. He said, look, why is that? For the time of God's great what? Acceptance. When God welcomes everyone home. So that time has come. It has begun. Jew, Gentile, black, white, fat, tall, it doesn't matter. It's the time of God's grace. When the Bible says, where sin abounds, grace super abounds. And that's the message that they fight. That's the message that terrifies them. But that's the message Jesus preached. Have you noticed here? Look up here. Go back home and look at this. And compare all the things you hear people say with this. You see whether it aligns or not. When you go to church, somebody tells you that God is going to curse you because you didn't give him 10% of your income. Is that jubilee? Is that freedom? Does that bring hope to your heart? No. But we are grateful to God. Somebody say a very loud amen. Your ears are blessed for hearing what you hear. I kid you not. You may take it for granted because you come here. We tell you the truth freely. Right, it will tell you freely. Don't forget, it's easy, it's free for us. But it costs God everything. For me to preach this message to you, it costs God everything. For me to tell a sinner that you are saved, you are now perfectly pure, righteous, it costs God his own life. It costs him his own life. It's free, it's easy. But it costs God all that he had. So when I understand what God has done, I can stand and forgive a man's sin. How many of you know that? Yeah. So there's no look at there's no everything here. Look up here. Everything here. Is it good? No, is it good? Yeah. So that's why it's called the good news. News that is too good to be true, but it is true. To tell to a slave man, you are now free. It's in the year of Jubilee. You are free. A man who is slave by sin. You tell that man you are free. Stand and go. To open the blind eyes. Oh, that's why when people hear us, there are those who hear us, they ask me, so which Bible have we been reading since? Did some of you say that? Yes. Uh -huh. That means you were blind, even though you were reading the Bible. But thank God now, you can see. Somebody say amen. amen. <laughs> you can see. Friend, that, that's what you got to understand if you are here. This is what my ministry is. So I'm not interested in drama. I'm interested in preaching the message that brings hope to the poor. That heals the broken hearted. Not to make your heart more broken. To tell you how much God wants to bless you. But um, you know, it's because of this and then you go home. No, it's not true. It is to heal the broken hearted. And to give new eyes. I like that. You know what this means? This translation, you know what this means? It says to become new eyes. It's not actually to open eyes. It's that Christ becomes your eyes. Does that make sense? Christ becomes the eyes through which you see your life, through which you see God, through which you see humanity. And you know what happens if that is the case? That the eyes through which I see you is Christ's eye. You know what that means? You know, that what, you know what it means? That the eyes I used to read the world is the eyes of Christ. Not from political pundits. Not from analysts. No, it's the eyes of Christ. That's our so what it is is that Christ becomes our eye. The only way he can become your eye is that Christ is preached to you, not your ancestors. Christ is preached to you. Suddenly, 
your eyes open. You say, my goodness. Friends, I was in church for 19 years struggling to be righteous because I was blind. But once I was blind, but now I can see. Praise God. I know that righteousness is by faith to any man who believes. Hallelujah. I'll spend more time on this. Let me give you the second point. You must understand. I told you number one, to benefit in this place, you got to understand what my ministry is. This message is recorded. If you don't get it, go and read it. So that you know what to expect. You know what to position your heart to. Number two, you need to understand what your own your own highest responsibility is what I want to talk about now. You have to understand, number one, you have to understand what my ministry is. Number two, you have to understand what your own responsibility is. And ladies and gentlemen, let me ask you this question. If you have been coming to this church, what is the highest thing I have required you to do? Huh? Say it again. One more time. Open your heart. That's all. It's on my notes. Thank you. You're following. I beg more clap for them like two people. Again. Biscuit at the end of service. Maybe biscuit. <laughs> Open that. Nothing else. Everything I have required from you here is to open your heart and receive the truth. That's all. That's all. Nothing more, nothing less. And when I look back at the ministry of Jesus, that's what he required from people. When he says believe, he tells them to open their heart. When the gospel comes, don't harden your heart. Don't hold on to the same things that you have been holding on that's not helping you. No, lift them and hold on to the truth. So your highest act of obedience in this house, your highest responsibility in this house is to... How many of you don't come clean my house before? How many people here have I asked you anything directly or indirectly? How many? No. Not that I cannot, Apostle Paul will say, not that I cannot. In fact, my commitment is to... I want to preach this gospel where it does not cost people anything. If I have to pay, let me pay. So that we can remove this drama by the side and face the truth. If if I used to go out before, first of all, I'll first buy people food, buy you food first. Then I preach to you. I give you transport money. Because they are expecting a pastor. When you finish preaching, you start asking for a friend, Abby. No. You, are, you got to understand. This is what it is. So that means when the message comes, your highest act of obedience in this house is not to come and sweep church. It's not to come and sing. Singing without opening your heart will not change you. It will not change you. In fact, that is why I even intend to reduce more to reduce some of the activities. Because I realize that religion is full of activity. How many of you know that all this stuff they told us, hey, God wants you to serve. God wants you to serve. God is more interested in fixing your life. How many of you know that? If he fixes your life, every step you take is blessed. Everything that you do, nothing, remember, in this kingdom, nothing is small, nothing is uh, big. Remember that if it's one person you are reaching out to, two people, three people, if it's one thousand you have to give that that's okay to give it from a perfect heart is better that's what it is friends the only requirement in all this 
is that your heart open. Don't harden your heart. Don't try to go and rationalize what he said. I have told you, if you don't understand something, if you don't agree, please come back. My office is open. I will sit down with you whole day to explain to you the scriptures. That is also why I insist on showing the scriptures so you can read by yourself. So you can come to the place of believing. Because why? Note this carefully. Your experience, how far your life will change, what will happen to you as a result of this message comes by, by the extent of how much your heart is changing. I am not one of those eh, who tell you that God has given me superlative anointing. If you need money, just come. I'll just lay my hands and you just receive money. Poverty is still everywhere in the land anyway. There are many. There are many. No. That's not my work. My work is to raise you up by the preaching of the gospel to the glory you had with God even before the world began. In the place of that glory, you also know that you are a miracle worker. Somebody say amen. amen. You will know how to make things happen. You will know that you were never born to be poor in the first place. You will realize that there's no circumstance you are in that you cannot change. What do people prefer? It's for me to prophesy to you. Hmm? When I finish prophesying, I tell you, bring handkerchief. Let's pour oil on it. That comes from Babalawa. I hope you know that. Pour oil on it. So that you can make money. Listen to this. Listen to me very carefully. Listen to me very carefully. Anything we preach to men or say to them or do with them that does not cause a change of heart can never have an eternal value. Trust me. It will never have an eternal value. What it does is that it creates wicked people who want to be successful with God. You are angry that you are hurt. And so now you are trying to survive here. So come, pastor say, this, this way, this month you make it. Amen, 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 amen. When you finish shouting amen, you go home with your wickedness. You were never with God. Or tell you, come here, come here. You come here, make you prayer warrior. You pray here seven days a week. Seven days a week. You are praying here every day, every day. But to have a relationship with brother is a problem. I wasted my time. God is not interested in that. Who, who among us helped him to create the world? Who helped him? No, no, no. Who helped him? Who helped him bring Jesus come? Now you help him come. Oga, who helped him raise Jesus from the dead? Now you help him. Let's calm down. Let's lie down and allow God to fix us. That's what he's interested in. And once you are fixed, and then your glory starts to shine. Somebody say a very loud amen. amen. Just as Jesus' glory shined, yours is already shining. That's what it's supposed to be. But don't forget, it starts from what is going on here. Are you hearing me so far? Church is full of where we prophesy for people to be wealthy. But wickedness reigns in their heart. I was told the brother, sorry to bring this up again, but you no, know, we got to learn from these things. The brother who alleged, it was alleged, it's allegation, that the wife died out of domestic violence. There are two things we know about him now. Number one, he wrote a song. You know what the title of the song is? Huh? 
back to sender. That's the title of the song. Thank you, Sister Grace. You better you know him well, well. <laughs> back to sender. You see where his mind is? Back to sender. So somebody is sending his problems. Number two. I just listened to an interview by his brother who said that this guy for the past 20 years has never spoken to them. For the past 20 years. Say, I don't even have his number. Say, the last time he came home was when somebody died. And guess what he did? He said he came home with 15 bottles of anointing oil to pour around their house. See, that's the kind of Christianity they brought to Africa. The man said, it's after when he left, he now go and pack the bottles and throw away. You are not talking, you're not in talking terms with your family. With your family, blood family. But you are pouring and mounting oil, sending them back to sender. That's why I say to people, there's a lot of things I'm going to change in this church. We acknowledge your gift, but we set the gift aside to deal with your heart. If we cannot deal with your heart, keep your gift aside. Keep it aside. That's what, just notice what I'm telling you now. It doesn't matter how gifted or talented you are. If we cannot deal with your heart, keep your gift by the side. Many of the things we do in church, we do for ourselves. Whether there's AC here or not, it's for our own convenience. Is that true? If we sweep this place or not, it's for our own convenience. Is it not true? Praise God. So, I am not interested in getting men busy where their heart is not changed. Because my message is designed to change men's hearts. Are you with me so far? So understand what I said. Because the extent to which you benefit, the extent to which you will experience changes in your life, at home, finances, everything, is to the extent you are allowing the message to change your heart. Because as a man is in his heart, that man will eventually become. Somebody say a very loud amen. Are you with me so far this morning? Yeah, let me cap, cap up here. And I have an announcement to make. Now, you must know how we see ministry. I told you three things. Just these three things. Number one, you need to understand what my ministry is. And I'll explain that to you too. You need to know what your highest. The highest level, if you want to do past a favor, the highest obedience, the highest sacrifice you can make in this house is an open heart. If you find it difficult giving, you think that giving is a big thing for you, keep the money. Keep. In fact, I rather you don't give. You know why? Look, look up here. The Bible says that giving should not be a matter of compulsion or necessity. He said, but as every man have decided where in his heart. That's what the scripture says. That's what the scripture says, friends. And so what you got to do for me, sacrifice here in this house, is always come. When you hear something, I tell people, don't just hear and walk away. Go back and ask yourself, what did I hear? What is it that I heard? I probably will speak for about an hour now. What did you hear? It might be one thing or two things in the whole hour. But they stand up for you. That's what you need to hold on to. This message is not about forgiveness. But how many of you know that you can listen to me and you start to hear forgiveness? How many of you know that? Praise God. And then we cannot say that the Spirit of God is moving. Because he knows what you need to adjust. 
He knows what is holding you down. So, I've said that. Finally, you must know. I told you, you must know. Understand my ministry. Understand your obligation. And you must know what we call church. What we define as church. I'm not going to spend more time on this because of church time. Maybe I'll talk about this later. But you must understand that in this house, listen to me very carefully. Open your ears. We are not trying to run a religious organization. In this place, the concept of church for us is family. Somebody say family. Oh, let me hear you hear, say family. You know this morning that you could sit in your house and God will not unsave you. How many of you know that? How many of you know that? God will not come and say, hey, uh, uh, Come. Which one now? You can't go to church. You didn't go to church. Okay. Salvation cancelled. No. No. You know that if you wake up in this morning and start decide to sleep from now to tomorrow, God will not unsafe you. How many of you know that? Uh, you, you, did you doubt that? God will not unsafe you. How many of you know that he will not reverse your blessing? How many of you know that? Good. I want you to know that because that is the gospel I preach. And that's why I'm telling you that a lot of people will not say what I'm saying. Because when you see attendance drop, you add you will adjust the message. No. But why do we come? Why do we come? The concept of church that I see in Christ, I see with the apostles, is the concept of family where we minister to one another. You bring what you have. It would be weird that I come here this morning, I sweep, I pray, I play drum, I play keyboard, I play the sass, and sing. And then give the offering. That's why Paul said, if the eye shall say to the leg, let the whole body be eye. He said, which leg will he use to walk? Ministry is in the hand of everybody here. How many of you know that? Things get better when I do what I do and you do what you do. It's a sense of belonging. It's a sense of family. You don't come to church because everything is super convenient. No. It's commitment to family. That we are growing, helping each other. How many of you know that there are some people who are encouraged just by seeing you on Sunday? How many of you know that? Whether you say a word to them or not. Come on. Why do people struggle? Because we have made everything about selfishness. So if it's not convenient this morning, or that pastor is saying, I can listen to it later. I can listen to it later. No. In fact, in one church I used to know, because of what I'm telling you now, they stopped doing live streaming. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> no. I am like my father. Listen to this very carefully. The God who created the heaven and the earth decided to give man freedom of choice. Decided to give man free will without holding nothing back. And he knows that man can use that free will to say there is no God. And he still allowed it. Listen to me carefully. Anything I try to get you to do outside of your will is manipulation. How many of you know that? Yes, I'm not here to manipulate anybody. I give you your will. Freedom. 
what you do with it is your choice. Now responsibility is to know that we are not, that is why, for example, let me give you an example of what, what I'm talking about. For example, in this church, we don't have workers. How many of you know that? No workers. Never had a workers meeting. No workers. Because if it is sweeping, how many people should sweep? How many people should sweep? Everybody, Everybody should sweep. Or you think you are too big to sweep? No, that's the question. And then we go and look at your heart now. Because Christ was washing the feet of his disciples. Sweeping here is a form of washing feet. How many of you know that? If you cannot sweep, there are those who will give money. Not because it's convenient all the time, friends. But it's a commitment because you want the work to run. Not because you are forced. But your eyes have seen what is important. Some of the things that pastor have not seen, you can bring it up and say, Pastor, I think we need to add this. Because it's family, man. It's not a religious organization. Let me tell you why I'm running away from that. Because once you set, and this is what is going on everywhere, once you set up a religious organization, the church now becomes about running the organization, not about the people. Have you noticed that? It's now about running and sustaining the organization. Church was never meant to be an organization. It is family. That's why Jesus said to them, you're my brothers. We are one. He ate together with them. He washed their feet. And so when you think about ministry here, don't think about church. The reason I'm saying that, some of you came from somewhere and you are still retaining that church thing in your mind. Kill it all. He and our family will do. Don't wait for when I will create department for this, that, and that. No, 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 no. If the place is not clean, come and clean. If we need money, look for money and give. If you, if you see something that's not going right, you want to come up and say, Pastor, how do we... I like those who ask me here, Pastor, what's the next thing for us to do? Praise God. That gladdens my heart. Hallelujah. And it's not because I preached someone on commitment yesterday. This gospel I preach might mean that you'll be disrespected. How many of you know that? But we are too dead to that now. We are too dead to that now. And so friends, please understand what I'm sharing with you. I've laid to you three points that will help you benefit from this place. So when you are coming, commit, listen, coming to church is not coming to church because, hey, this and that. no, 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 no. It's what families do. How many of you know that in family, there are those who wash plates, there are those who pound, there are those who sweep. Is that true? Huh? Because his home is ours. We make it up together. We grow together. Minist church is about ministering to one another. It's not pastor ministering to members all the time. No. Every member got to minister to one another. Some directly, some indirectly. Is this, what I said today, is that clear enough for everybody? Is that true? Do you believe what I said is true? Come on, let's celebrate Jesus in the house. Amen. And amen. And amen. Now, 